The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a wonderful Thursday afternoon to you here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show, 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. And it's my honor to serve in that capacity for you. Look forward to this 3 o'clock hour every day as we can explore the issues of the day together and uh, make good on our commitment to remain live and local so that your voice is heard and considered as we take a look at the, the plethora of issues that affect us right here in the Central Valley of California. Uh, I want to extend thanks to uh, a wonderful organization, Community Hospice, uh, based in Modesto. I had the uh, great honor this morning of being able to deliver a keynote address uh, about living above our circumstances to reconnect, be resilient, and rejuvenate had the opportunity to share some thoughts on that with caregivers uh, in the city. And I also had a breakout session uh, that I called Taming the Crisis Through Clarity, Curiosity, and Creativity. Wonderful morning. These are just extraordinary people, tremendous servant hearts. And uh, to hear some of their stories, we, we had some time reserved at the end of each, each session uh, for feedback and, and for some of the caregivers there to, to tell us about their experiences. And I'm telling you, there were some tearjerkers there. Absolutely incredible time. And again, my thanks to Community Hospice for that opportunity. Uh, we've been blessed by Community Hospice uh, throughout the years. And uh, having done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of funerals over the past 27 years or so, I can tell you I have yet to have anyone have a complaint about community hospice. Always very, very complimentary. Also, uh, we, we saw our friend Sergeant Eric Schuler there. He and his uh, team from CHAT uh, were there. <clears throat> we're going to have to do a follow-up on CHAT uh, th- this is uh, the, the team that goes out and responds to non-emergency calls uh, where the chat team members are able to connect people with resources when it's not a, uh, an urgent, when it's not a, uh, a violence-ridden, when, it, when it's not a call that, that requires a sworn police officer. These people, and I think they have said they have... Um, four teams now, at least six members. Uh, They are doing a tremendous job and uh, heard about that. Again, Sergeant Eric Schuler, also, in addition to uh, supervising that particular team, of course, is part of a wonderful radio show here on iHeartMedia on KFIV, and that's uh, behind the badge uh, on the weekends. And so it was great to see Sergeant Eric Schuler there. And, and by the way, that conference is just now ending, I think, at, uh, at 3 o'clock. Long day, uh, but well worth it for those who were attending. I saw a man that I describe as a treasure of our community, and that's Pastor Charlie Crane. Many of you know Charlie, I'm sure, over the years, uh, and he really is. And I, I told the folks there 
This man is a treasure in our community, known Charlie for many, many years. Uh, he is uh, African-American pastor and chaplain, and Charlie really has just been an example of persevering through trial in many, many ways throughout his life. And uh, even with his uh, eyesight uh, very, very limited, he continued to preach the gospel and serve as a chaplain uh, with Community Hospice. So it was wonderful to see uh, my friend Charlie Crane there and, and just acknowledge him for the tremendous service that he has provided our community for for many, many years. Anyway, again, my thanks to uh, Community Hospice for allowing me uh, to have that privilege this morning. And uh, I wish them well. And there's no endorsement here or anything. I'm just letting you know these are good people that meet people at their point of need uh, in our community. They do a tremendous job. And again, my thanks to them for even thinking of me uh, in terms of uh, offering the keynote and a break, breakout session this morning. All right, uh, less uh, good news, as you have undoubtedly heard by this point, as we were talking about yesterday. The bodies of that kidnapped and Merced family uh, were found yesterday. Uh, as you remember, four kid- kidnapped family members uh, were found deceased yesterday at about uh, 5.30 p.m. And here is the sheriff of Merced County, Sheriff Warnke. Tonight, our worst fears uh, have been confirmed. Uh, we found the uh, four people from the kidnapping, and they are, in fact, deceased. Yeah, bodies of four victims, including an infant, What type of evil monster does this? Unbelievable. So they were discovered, the bodies were discovered yesterday afternoon by a farmer in a remote part of an orchard. Uh, The areas near where the deputies previously found the, the phones of some of the victims. The family, as you recall, kidnapped at gunpoint from a trucking business uh, Monday afternoon. The 48-year-old convicted robber who's the suspect, here we go again, previous convictions. He's in custody. Uh, They believe, uh, well, they don't believe, they know that he attempted to commit suicide as uh, just before he was being taken into custody. Apparently, he's still under medical sedation at a local hospital because every time that he's nearly regaining consciousness, he becomes very violent. And uh, Sheriff Warnke, I think, really summed up not only his feelings, and I appreciate him being so transparent. He summed up his feelings about this case, and I think it pro- his, his feelings probably reflect the feelings of many others right now here in the Central Valley. Again, here's Sheriff Warnke. There's no words right now to describe the anger I feel and the senselessness of this incident. I said it earlier, there's a special place in hell for this guy. Special place in hell for this guy, and of course, uh, God's the one that makes uh, those decisions, but I've often said that a lot of what we're dealing with today is the unleashing of evil upon our culture, 
And the more the culture attempts to kick out the underpinnings of the Judeo-Christian ethic upon which this nation was built, I believe that evil will continue to manifest itself in uh, worse and worse cases. And so I think it's time for the media, it's time for our public leaders uh, to stop the attack upon uh, Christianity, uh, to stop the attack upon uh, the Jewish people and their faith. It's time to stop on the part of government, kind of a a back pocket anti-Semitism. It's time to acknowledge that we need God to turn this thing around. And uh, I, I stand ready to keep proclaiming that and to stand in the light of truth in all of that. So I, I think we need to stand firm in what we know to be true, and we need to stand fast and not back up and not bow down to the shaming that many public leaders and especially the mainstream media attempts to do. Uh, No more. No more. Not going to do it. And I think if enough people are willing to say that, we'll be in much better shape as a culture and as a country as well. Well, we're also much better off when we have experts to help us with the tough stuff we need to deal with. And to me, selling a home is tough stuff. Mortgage rate increases, as you know, are impacting home sales. Wall Street Journal reports home sales are down an average of 20% from this time last year. Well, that equates to there's one agent I trust uh, that I would trust to sell my own home during a market slowdown like this. His name is Dan Phipps. Look, here's the problem. Are you worried about costly repairs on your home or upgrades that you think are needed to sell your home? If you are, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system, he guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value or he'll sell it for free. Dan's home selling program, it's designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control, no required costly repairs, no long-term contracts. You pick your move date and Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Dalton in Oakdale knows all about it. Dalton had a great house. Dalton had planned on fixing it up throughout the years, but life got in the way. So Dalton was in a panic because Dalton needed to move out of state and the house needed to work uh, and, and sell at a decent price. Well, enter Dan Phipps into the picture. Dan was able to sell that house quickly for a great price without Get this, without any repairs or upgrades. So call Dan Phipps. Dan's the man I recommend, and I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. Back in three minutes, take a look at what's happening up in Stockton as well as the Mike Douglas Show continues right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And uh, we, uh, we thank you for 
your participation in this process of taking a look at the issues of the day and and being able to discuss them. I, I told that uh, to the I discussed that with the folks this morning at the at the Partners in Caring conference there with uh, the hospice folks. I told them one of the greatest things that we can do is to be able to discuss things together, even if we have contrary views, even if they're 180 degree opposite. Oftentimes we learn things from each other. In fact, there was, it wasn't someone who had an opposing view, but uh, a young lady made a comment this morning about uh, a process that she uses when she's uh, dealing with families that are just in one of the worst situations you can be, and that's when you're getting the news that you're facing uh, the death of a loved one. And uh, a beautiful way of of dealing with that 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 I had not thought of. So you see in the marketplace of ideas that our current federal and state government is apparently so much against, in the marketplace of ideas, we're able to discover new things as, uh, as well. And so it's uh, it's very important that we uh, have that opportunity to uh, to discuss these things. I'm just getting an update, by the way, on that suspect in the Merced County uh, murders. Apparently, a family uh, spokesperson has uh, told ABC 30 Action News that the primary suspect in the kidnapping and murder, Jesus Manuel Salgado, is a former employee of the family who used to drive for the victim's Trump, uh, trucking company. Apparently, at some point, they had a disagreement and uh, parted ways. And uh, apparently, uh, the spokesperson for the family also said that uh, the infant, uh, Ruhi Derry, was left for dead and died from exposure. What kind of animal does that? It's just mind-boggling. And I'm, you know, I hearken back and I think back to the days of public hangings, and I'm not advocating we do that. But my carnal knee-jerk reaction that is probably more jerk than knee is that maybe in this type of a case, those folks in times past, maybe had an idea about deterrence. This is just absolutely incredible. Again, apparently the suspect, according to a family spokesperson, is a former employee of the family trucking business, used to drive for them, and uh, apparently had a disagreement as uh, as they parted ways. What... Let, let's say that, uh, that you're in charge of the investigation here. Let's say that you're the DA. Would you, not, would you not give the stiffest penalty legally possible to this guy if he's convicted? Yes, I do know people are innocent until proven guilty. Assuming that he is proven guilty... Wouldn't you want him to have the stiffest penalty possible? And it looks like that he has a record. By the way, have we heard from Gavin Newsom yet on, on this? 
Anybody heard from Gavin Newsom, our governor? Has, has anybody heard any statement from Gavin Newsom about the family? I may have missed it. And if I did, please let me know. But don't you think the governor ought to weigh in on this in some way? This is huge. This is indicative of the situation that California is in, and it's one of the worst examples of the situation that we have. And this man apparently was was homeless. Apparently, you're looking at him. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the video or not, but you see him walking down. I think it's Highway 59, is it not? And uh, he, he appears possibly to be homeless, is that an excuse anymore for crimes? <clears throat> Is that any excuse for violence? Where, Where is this principle of choices have consequences? And why do we manufacture excuses? I've, I don't know about you, but I've had it with the excuses. Choices have consequences. And I believe one of the reasons we're in the situation that we're in today is because we have, for the past, I don't know, two or three decades maybe, taught our children there are no consequences for choices. You don't have to excel. We'll we'll pat you on the head and we'll give you a participation award just for showing up. And it's very interesting how this manifests itself, isn't it? Employers today are struggling with the fact that younger generation employees are making demands. Uh, I want to be paid this. I don't know. In, in the way I grew up, when you're hired to do a job, you break your back to do that job the best that you can do it so that you can demonstrate to the management and to the bosses that you are worthy of promotions, you are worthy of raises. You prove yourself. I never went and demanded a, an increase in rank. Th- that always came because I worked hard. I sacrificed. But I've talked to many employers today, and, and they're bemoaning the fact that younger employees are demanding things. I think I'm worth more than I'm being paid. Well, show me, (laughs) was one employer's comment. You know, you thinking you're worth more than you're getting paid, well, show me that through your performance. You say, what does that have to do with this evil guy that committed these horrendous murders down in Merced? It's just another example of the lowering of the bars of expectation and the fact that as we continue to remove any consequences of bad choice, the problem starts like a rolling stone gathering moss. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Maybe the point at some point when it's rolling, when it's so big and it's rolling so fast that we can't do anything about it. Are you aghast at this? I mean, or have we become so, so inoculated against violence and all that? We become so desensitized to it that stories like this 
Yeah, it happens. Do, do you feel we've been desensitized to violence like this? 209-551-3483, our number, 209-551-3483. You know, when, when you're, you're training someone to do something that they're afraid of or they are in situations that are afraid uh, to do, one of the one of the ways to deal with that is to desensitize them to that particular situation, which means bit by bit you start to introduce them to small doses of that situation and gradually increase. What do you think they've been doing to our children for the past 15, 20, 25, 30 years, 40 years? They've been desensitizing our children to what's right, to what's ethical, to what's moral. They've been desensitizing our children to the fact that choices have consequences. And so we get DAs like Chesa Bodine, George Gascone. All right, phones are lighting up, 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show back in five minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here this Thursday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you for joining us today. We've been talking about this horrendous crime, this tragedy in uh, Merced. Again, the uh, family that was kidnapped on Monday uh, were found uh, yesterday afternoon to uh, be uh, deceased. And apparently the, the little infant died from exposure, according to the family. And according to the family, the suspect used to work for the family business and apparently was uh, fired, uh, I assume, and, and uh, so they parted ways, and he came back Monday and uh, killed uh, two men, a mother, and her infant. Unbelievable. So my question is, do you feel that we're being, and we have been desensitized to this, whether it's through the media or it's through video games, whatever it might be, do you feel that We've been desensitized to this, or are we still feeling the, the the shock that we should be feeling, I think, when these types of things occur? Our number here, 209-551-3483. Let's start with uh, Mike up in Jamestown. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the show. What do you think? Hello, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um do I think we've been desensitized? I haven't been. I'm absolutely horrified with what's happened. And uh, once you started getting into the details of it, it was even worse. Um, that's the state of our state now, though. It is. And unfortunately, like I was telling your, your call screener, where, where's our protesting at? What, where's mm. our conservative voice? Uh, where's our conservative George Soros, okay, that's going to help us fund getting back our state? Uh, I would love to be a part of a million-person march uh, up of the state capitol. Uh, I would love to send a clear message to our to our governor um, that he's not doing a good job, that our that our legislation is not doing. But I, you never see that ever. 
I would be the first one to sign up if somebody would just tell me where to go. Because if we don't start doing this now, it's not going to get any better. And you can already see now it's happening more and more, and nothing gets done. So it just kind of goes by the wayside. We need to stand up, speak up, and send a clear message to these idiots that are up in Sacramento that we're not putting up with it anymore. That's it. Mike, I think a lot of people uh, agree with your sentiment there. And I've been questioning, where is the common sense leadership, not just in California, but across the nation as well, that that is not giving reelection and uh, money into the campaign coffers top priority? Where's the leadership for common sense and morality and uh, and ethics? Where is that leader? And I'm I'm looking there at California right now, Mike. Who who do you see that you think might lead that, or do you see anyone? I, I the only guy that I can think of up there right now, Mike. And and I'm I'm gonna I'll start with this uh, Brian Dolly, this guy, this the, the conservative running for for governor. I've seen maybe one or two signs around where I'm an outside sales guy. I travel a lot around this valley. I never see any signs for the guy. It, I mean. That could have been an opportunity for us right there. Kevin Kiley is another strong conservative voice that he should be speaking up, but he's not. There are some conservatives up there. I know there is. But where are they? Why, why, aren't, the, why, why aren't they coming to the forefront and, and making something of this to where we can make these people draw, just draw a picture for everybody to see exactly what these people are all about? But it's nothing's being done. Yeah, Mike, I, I agree with you. Uh, th- thanks for the call. Mike, point, you know, Mike, this is a, a theme that I, I've been bringing up from time to time. I'm, I'm asking, where is the leadership? Now, now, Mike, as as you mentioned, Brian Dolly, and my question is, where? I haven't seen any signs around where I am. I haven't seen much that that would advertise that he, he's even running for governor against uh, Gavin Newsom. So I guess my question is, is it, is it just about the dollar or are these campaigns not being managed well? I'm just asking the question. Now, I want to let you know a program note here. This coming Monday at 335, Brian Dolly will be here on the Mike Douglas show. And we're going to ask some of those tough questions like, where have you been? Why aren't we seeing you? a lot where where's your voice what's what's happening it, it, it is the expectation that californians that have common sense are going to vote for you because you're not gavin newsom what's going on what's the strategy here we want to know and, and if there is a a wonderful spectacular strategy afoot i'd like to know about it I'd like to know about it, or are are you running with the expectation that you're going to lose? I I I don't know, but I think it's a legitimate question. Again, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm I'm just lo- looking at this with a critical eye. There's a difference there. I'm I'm trying to think rationally. Governor Gavin Newsom has made some what I consider to be evil decisions, and I don't say that lightly. 
as uh, as a as a pastor and thoroughly understanding the theological implications of what I just said, I believe that Governor Gavin Newsom has made some very evil decisions. Some of them related to abortion. Some not so uh, on on other subjects. So where is that leadership? And and Mike uh, Mike just you're you're. You're ringing the bell that I resonate with. Uh, that's, I'm, I'm resonating with that frequency. And so we've got lots, of, lots and lots of questions that we have for Brian Dolly coming up Monday afternoon. And as I have said many times here to you as we gather together, and by the way, thank you for allowing me to get a little emotional at times with all of this, but I'm just aghast at the situation. I'm aghast at what we're allowing to happen, and I'm, I'm hearing crickets from leadership quarters where I would think they would take the opportunity to stand up and say, see, this is a result of these public policies. This is a result of the terrible, terrible in inculcation that inculcations that our children are receiving in schools for the past decade, 15, 20, 30 years or more. And may, maybe it's because people are feeling intimidated. Well, if I, I don't want the FBI knocking on my door. Well, well, Maybe we need to be willing to take that hit. Maybe we need to be willing to stand up for what's true and stand fast in the light of truth and take the hits. Remember that old phrase, no pain, no gain, it's true in life. I want to put on my pastor's hat. Just for a second, even Jesus told his followers, take up your cross and follow me. They hate it. They hate me. They're going to hate you. Huh. The prophets of old, in what I would call the Old Testament, the prophets of old suffered greatly for standing in the light of truth. Are, are you and I willing to do that? Are our political leaders willing to do that? Or are they okay just about hiding behind the R or the D or the I and thinking, well, because I have an R or D or an I, because I have a party affiliation behind my name, that's, that's good enough. People will vote for me. Not anymore, I don't think. You don't get my vote because I just don't like the other guy. You get my vote because you show some backbone. You get my vote because you show a history of being able to stand up against the evil that's pervasive in our culture, and you're willing to take the hits along the way, even if that means not getting reelected. I don't know how many people are willing to do that. But maybe we'll find out come Monday. And again, 
looking forward. I'm looking, I'm going to give Brian Dolly every opportunity to respond to some of these questions and some of the frustrations that we have. And then I'm, I'm going to step out here on a little bit of thin ice. And maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to anyway. We pastors need to get out of our protective bubbles and being willing to take the hits for standing in the light of truth. And I don't mean becoming quote-unquote political for one party or the other. I mean just standing up for what's right and announcing it. There are some pastors we've heard of that have been willing to take the hits. They've been arrested. They've been sent to jail in some cases for standing up for what they believe in. And I think more pastors, more members of the clergy need to do that. And I'm not asking them to do anything I'm not willing to do here. I'll probably get cards and letters on that one. That's okay. We'll continue the conversation. Have we become desensitized to this violence in our culture? And are you and I willing to take the hits for standing in the light of truth? We'll talk about it. 209-551-3483 as the Mike Douglas Show continues on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And let's get on with the conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our phone number 209-551-3483. And uh, let's go to the phones very quickly. Uh, Loretta from Modesto. Loretta, what's on your mind today? Well, I went over to Walmart, excuse me, a store. (laughs) And there were men standing outside wanting us to sign a paper about pay raise. They're asking for $10 I believe it was $10 an hour more pay raise. And I was told a bunch of people are going to be quitting if they don't get it. And so I would like to know, if we vote yes on it, does that mean that there will be a $10 pay raise to people? Or do we vote no on it? Uh, that there will not be a $10 pay raise. Yeah, was because this uh, told both. Is this an initiative for a future ballot? Is that what that was, Loretta? It's the one coming up in November. Okay, well, it's somewhere another on that. Yeah, it well, it it depends. I guess is the best way that uh, that I can answer it. Uh and and we'll be looking at we'll be looking at some of these uh some of these propositions in the future. The problem, Loretta, that we have is with uh, eight point what three percent inflation. Every time we dink with the economy, with the governmental authority, dink Loretta being a a highly uh, theological term. Every time we dink with it from the governmental level, we increase the problem of inflation. 
And whether it's a $10 raise or a $5 raise and, and whether, uh, whether the people vote for it or not, I, I think one of the problems that we have is that people in general, Loretta, have been convinced by the government and by the unions, it's good to have a living wage. And every employer ought to be providing people with a living wage. No, no, employers need to provide the kind of wages that are appropriate to that particular job. And Loretta, thanks for bringing that up because uh, it's a philosophical discussion that I think we need to have. If we accept the premise that we're going to drive up minimum wage and we're going to drive up uh, certain classes of, of wages every time a group of people feel they're not making enough money, we are going to drive ourselves off the economic cliff and there won't be an economy left. Now, you may say, well, how come the government officials don't see that? I think the government officials do see that. I think a lot of government officials today will be more than happy to see the economy here in California collapse and the economy in the United States of America collapse. Well, why would they do that, Mike? Well, because the other option is, oh, says the government, you don't seem to be able to run the economy well using this old, outdated idea of capitalism and the free market. So what we're going to do is we're going to develop governmental and uh, private industry partnerships. Uh, and, and so the government will, will begin entering into controlling those particular industries, those particular retail opportunities. And slowly but surely, the government then runs it. And then we are in a totalitarian state where the government is running business. Government is horrible at business. It's horrible at business. Why? I think one of the reasons, and remember, I spent twenty about 25 years of my life in, in government at, at various levels. One of the problems with government is that government officials generally do not have a profit motive. In other words, they don't have to worry about the bottom line. Well, if we didn't meet our budget, that's okay. We'll, we'll just levy some more taxes and we'll do some more smoke and mirrors to make people think that uh, they're actually benefiting from these particular initiatives we're talking about. We're going to cloak these initiatives in, uh, in candy-coated ideas and philosophies that, that will be so intoxicating to the public, they'll automatically vote for these. And I'm afraid, Loretta, the problem is some of these things do get passed. Uh, the people do say, yes, uh, we, we want this. We, we want this to become law in the state of California. And they're not thinking. They're not thinking through it. People say, well, the minimum wage, let, let's drive up the minimum wage. Well, let me tell you, just from the experience and the perspective of a nonprofit CEO and president, you keep driving up that minimum wage and we no longer can provide the services at advancing vibrant communities that we provide now because you need full-time staff and and we're we're very small we have two full-timers who get paid way short of what they ought to be paid and and one 
very part-timer, but you start messing with that minimum wage and we won't be able to operate anymore because we can't make widgets to compensate for that. So frustrating. All right, we'll be back in five minutes with the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. Again, back in five minutes after news, weather, and traffic. Power Talk 1360, KFIV. The show you love, talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley, the Mike Douglas Show. Now, every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show as we enter our number two here on this fine Thursday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, we uh, spent a lot of time today talking about the, the tragedy and in Merced County, and of course, the the mystery is the the mystery and the game is still afoot, as Arthur Conan Doyle used to say, up in uh, Stockton area in San Joaquin County, as they look at a, a, what is apparently a serial killer, uh, six people killed, one, uh, one men, uh, one woman uh, injured, and she was able to provide some uh, sort of a description of the suspect. Here's uh, the latest from the uh, police chief in Stockton, Chief McFadden. Any individual, homeless or not, out on her own, sleeping somewhere or sitting in a car a few hours before they go to work, is probably it's, it's not the best thing to do. Yeah, probably not the best thing to do. That's certainly right. But isn't a sad, isn't it a sad state of affairs when we're le- living in fear? We're living in fear in some of our major cities. I don't want to go to San Francisco anymore. I don't want to go and and walk down the piers. I I don't want to go there at all. And. I, I don't want to go down to L.A. to some of my old haunts there where I grew up. I have no desire to do that. And being out at night tonight, uh, any night, I'm parking under lighted uh, poles. I'm making sure that my car is heading out of a space so that I can make a quick escape if needs be. We're, we're living... In fear. What's created this? Well, I think two main things. One is aberrant public policy. And the second is the the desire and the somewhat successful effort to knock out the Judeo-Christian ethic that supports our culture. You knock that out, it's all over. Because that's where our sense of right and wrong, of morality, and of ethics come from. You take that away, we are done for. We are done for. Uh, So up in Stockton, as as you recall, uh, a lot of those shooting deaths happened late at night in the early morning hours. Uh, The victims were alone. Using ballistic evidence, apparently they've connected the shootings to, uh, again, six men, uh, five in Stockton this year, one in Oakland last year. 
And then uh, uh, a woman uh, recently who was shot, but fortunately not killed. And, uh, and so anyway, they, they don't know the motive. It's unclear, not sure if it's gangs, drugs, or robbery. Well, it doesn't appear to be. And there's no evidence to suggest, suggest the homicides are hate crimes, although I, I think hate crimes are a... Uh, I, if you kill someone, it's a hate crime. If you intentionally, severely hurt someone, to me, it's a hate crime. And, and, and to, to try to divide that into colors and races and backgrounds... We're splitting hairs, I think. It, it all amounts to someone had enough hate inside of them to maim or kill someone else. I'm not going to pursue that at the moment. It's not germane to this. But anyway, by definition, they don't feel it's uh, hate crimes as well. Uh, the, um, the reward is now up to $125,000. Uh, they're hoping someone will come forward with information that leads to an arrest. All they have right now is video footage, and you've probably seen this by now. Uh, it's a person of interest, uh, very tall, and uh, who stands very straight, uh, dressed in a dark hoodie and dark pants. And, of course, that's not much of a description, is it? But I was watching his gait, or her gait, could be a female, and I'm, I'm thinking somebody may recognize that gate. One never knows. And at least with 125000 on the line, perhaps someone will come forward and um, with some information that, we, that, will be, uh, that would be helpful with that. Here's a, another issue. And by the way, if still entertaining your comments, what, why do you think we're in the state we're in? What do you think led to all of this? 209-551-3483. I'm saying a lot of that has to do with the programming that many schools have uh, done to damage our children over the years. Here's an interesting thing that I saw that I want to share it with you, and it, it's, it's tangential, but it's related to the topic we're talking about, and that is how we've, we've removed levels of expectation and we've been filling the minds of young people with horrible things. Oh, Mike, you're exaggerating. Well, I'm not exaggerating. Let me, let me give you this one. There's a school district in San Diego County that's reviewing a recent classroom lesson. Well, why? Well, a man named Dr. Roy David said his son came home and told him that uh, the teacher presented a lesson that featured Adolf Hitler as a great world leader. <laughs> what? Well, Dr. David was quite shocked. Dr. David and his family are Jewish, which uh, adds to the shock, I would think. Here's a... Uh, Dr. Roy David talking about this issue with his son's teacher teaching that Adolf Hitler was a great world leader. Her response to him was, well, Hitler may have done some bad things, but he also had strong leadership qualities. 
Adolf Hitler may have done some bad things, but he had strong leadership qualities. And so he needs to be admired for that. Are you kidding me? The death of common sense. What teacher would do that? And of course, today, it's the parents' fault. It's the parents' fault. So this discussion apparently took place in the context of a history class at Carmel Valley Middle School. And there was a picture of Hitler that was featured uh, amongst other pictures of world leaders like Mahatma Gandhi, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Seriously, you put Hitler up with those two? Well, his family members in the past, his forefathers, were victims of the Holocaust. So he contacted the school, he contacted the Anti-Defamation League, and so the uh, San Diego Union High School District says, well, the picture of Hitler has been removed from the bulletin board in the classroom. And here's a bureaucratic answer. The lesson is under review. Really? The, the district says, <clears throat> well, we're going to plan to have a listening session with the Jewish community and provide anti-Semitism training for the staff. How about fire the teacher? What's with having a meeting? Isn't that the bureaucratic answer to everything? Let's have a meeting. I loathe meetings. Now, I understand meetings are necessary. Meetings are necessary. They are. And I've, I've been through hundreds in my lifetime, whether it was in government and whether it was in the nonprofit realm, whether it's even in the realm of congregational life. I've been to meetings. I will continue to go to meetings. Committee meetings especially, uh, when I hear we're going to have another meeting, uh, I just... I, I just sigh because a me- oftentimes the product of a meeting is the meeting. And it's a bureaucratic way of not dealing with an issue. And I, I think that's what's happening here with the uh, San Deguito Union High School District. We're going to have a meeting. And we're going to have a listening session with the Jewish community. And we're going to provide anti-Semitism training for the staff. No, just deal with the issue. Deal with the issue. Not we're going to have a meeting. This is all smoke and mirrors. This is what we're going to make you happy. We're going to make you feel good by pretending that we're listening to you. I don't see them saying that was an abhorrent thing to teach and we're firing the teacher. But you see, this this is our this is our the bureaucracy of the day, and some of the school district bureaucracies are the worst. As you know, both of my parents were teachers. My my sister is a teacher, and boy, do they have war stories about administrations and and such. And I know those of you who are on school boards have war stories as well. All right, here's a final word from Dr. Roy David who is Jewish, 
whose forefathers went through the Holocaust, who was quite surprised when his son came home from school saying that Adolf Hitler was identified as a great Jewish or uh, as a great leader, world leader. Here's Dr. David. You don't use him as a as a tool to, to teach kids about leadership. So that the whole situation is just just pretty shocking. It is pretty shocking. And this is why I say it is time for parents to stand up in school board meetings and be willing to take the shaming and the hits, because after a while they will get the message. And after a while, we quit, we quit electing those who make absolutely terrible. I have a lot of words I was going to substitute for that, but I'm being pastoral, and we'll just say terrible decisions like that. This is just absolutely unconscionable. What in the world is going on? All right, we'll continue the conversation, 209 551 Three four eight three. As what do you think that the school district down there in San Diego ought to do with this situation? Do do you think that what they've done, what they've committed to, is the right thing? We're going to have a listening session with the Jewish community and provide anti-Semitism training for our staff. Do you think that's the answer to this? I'd like to know what you think the answer should be. Two zero nine five five one. 3483 as the Mike Douglas show continues in three minutes right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, Governor Newsom, as you know, and I've kind of been waiting to do this till we had a, a, a little bit of a breather here, signed uh, 997 new laws uh, for California. Uh, this legislature gave him 1,166 bills to consider. I just, oh, please. Can you imagine... 1,106, do you think we need 1,166 new new laws in California? Well, that's what the legislature sent him. He almost signed 1,000 of them. He signed 997 of them, and he vetoed 169. Uh, so let's take a look at, at some of these. Uh, SB 107 makes California a sanctuary state for transgender health care, shielding transgender people, including youth and their parents, from legal action from states with bans and restrictions. That, uh, that really spawned the billboards that he sent around the nation. Come to California. Come to California. And uh, let's see, AB, let me just look at a couple of topics. AB 2183 makes it easier for farm workers to unionize. And then a bill of, this is hard to describe on radio, SB 951 has to do with uh, the share of paid family leave provided to lower income Californians. And so it extends what was a temporary increase in the benefit from 55% of wages to 60% of wages to 70%, depending on income. 
And in 2025, the bill requires an increase of the benefit to 70%. What that basically means is employers are going to take a hit. That's what, uh, that's what that basically means. Let's see. Uh, AB 2799 limits the use of creative expressions such as rap lyrics as evidence in criminal cases. So apparently what was happening, uh, if uh, rappers had committed a crime, apparently they would use the lyrics from some of their songs as evidence. Apparently, can't do that anymore. So I, I, I guess if we look at the scenario here under AB 2799, if I understand it correctly, if a rapper raps about killing people, and then kill someone, you can't introduce that rap song in court. That makes no sense to me, but then I don't listen to rap. Maybe I don't get it. AB 2294 gives law enforcement the ability to keep those in custody accused of organized retail theft. That sounds like trying to deal with the uh, smash-and-grab issue Here is 1740 and uh, AB 1740, SB 1087, is going to try to crack down on catalytic converter thefts. We'll see if that actually happens. And SB 836 prohibits the disclosure of a person's immigration status in open court in a criminal case unless it's approved by a judge. So the fact that they're here illegally cannot be revealed in court. I don't understand the why of that. Do you? I don't understand why, when they've broken the law by coming into the United States of America in the first place, that ought not to be disclosed. And then here's a burr in my saddle. AB 2147, he signed that lets people jaywalk now across the street outside of an intersection without being ticketed. The whole purpose of jay, of the laws against jaywalking was to keep the jaywalkers safe by saying, no, you're not allowed to do that, and then to be able to protect the drivers against having to, having to go through an obstacle course of people when they're trying to drive down the street at twilight. I, this is going to be disastrous, I think. I really think it's going to be uh, disastrous. And then, of course, AB 20, uh, 1279 puts the state's goal to be carbon neutral by 2045 into law. SB 1137 establishes new setbacks. That means uh, where they can be located, new oil drilling near communities, and SB 1020 requires the state's electric grid to be powered 100% by renewable energy by 2045. And this, this one befuddles me as well. AB 2238 creates an extreme heat advance warning and ranking system. Huh. I thought that was called the weather report. I don't know. I, I can find that on my phone. I can find that by turning on the news. We need to put state money behind predicting heat? Good night. I'll be back in five minutes. Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Did you get your sample ballot yet? Got mine, uh, what, one or two days ago. How are you doing on the propositions? We've covered uh, Proposition uh, 1. We've uh, covered Proposition 26 and 27 and, and in some detail. By the way, is interest, two interesting sources have done fact-checking on claims about Propositions 26 and 27. Uh, one is from Cal Matters, and one is from the Sacramento Bee. And uh, if we have time, we'll um, maybe give you a sense of some of those, uh, some of that fact checking here in a couple of mi- minutes. Uh, let, let me, if you're interested, let, let me tell you where I'm at with the propositions. Again, I do not tell you how to vote. I'm simply telling you where I'm landing on the propositions. And my desire is that you gather as much information as possible from the Mike Douglas Show and outside resources as well. And then you put that into your mental mix and you make reasoned, rational decisions on your own because you are regional and reasonable and rational people. And that's uh, that's my desire for you is that you make informed votes. So uh, but you may be curious uh, where I stand on some of these, wh- how I'm going to vote. Uh, so let me just go over a couple of these very quickly. I'm not going to go into the details of the propositions, but let me just hit the headlines here. Proposition 1, again, uh, coming up on November 8th. Uh, Proposition 1 guarantees abortion rights in the state constitution. I uh, do not support that. I'm voting no. Propositions 26 and 27 this has been so confusing. We've spent some time on this. Uh, Prop 26 in general legalizes sports betting at tribal casinos. Uh, this uh, will also allow the four um, uh, racehorse tracks to offer in-person sports betting as well. And there are restrictions, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But in general, it legalizes sports betting in California and uh, Prop 27, uh, it also deals with betting, but it deals mostly with online sports betting. And it would allow uh, licensed tribes and gaming companies to uh, offer mobile and online sports betting for adults 21 and older. So, in general, and I, again, I I have to just declare in where I am on betting as an industry, I'm not a gambler. I don't have a dog in this fight, so to speak, so I'm voting no on both of them. All right. Uh, (laughs) Prop 28, we haven't covered this yet. We will be doing that, by the way. There are a couple more propositions we haven't talked about in detail yet, and that's uh, guaranteed funding for arts and music education Look, I am totally supportive of the arts in schools. I am fervently in favor of music programs in the schools. I don't think 
in today's culture, because this is uh, it's the arts and music education, I think in today's culture, I don't want the state providing state money tied to what type of art education our schools are going to have. I suspect what we're going to see. So as far as I'm concerned, cut the state funding out, and on the local level, let's free up spending on the arts locally. Let's look at foundations. Let's look at ways to locally support. Uh, Music is one of the great ways to stimulate good thinking in young people. Talk about math. Talk about hand-eye coordination. Music helps develop good minds. And I started in what, fifth grade as a trumpet player, Uh, later in uh, my junior year of high school, switched to a French horn, and I I have loved being a musician. I don't play as much as I used to, but I treasured those times in school. I am just worried about state funding having strings attached and what kind of ridiculousness some of that funding will probably promote. So... Although I don't think, uh, is there, uh, at least uh, with uh, one of the sources I was looking at, there was no official opposition filed. I, I would assume there are some people against it. I'm, I'm just going to vote no, because I don't trust the state to do right things, ethical things with state money when it comes to the arts. That's my rationale there. And you're welcome to push back on that, 209-551-3483. If you have some comments about the propositions, you're welcome to weigh in. Again, we'll be talking about uh, Prop 28 and uh, Prop uh, 29 and Prop 30 and uh, Prop 31 uh, in coming days, but I just want to give you a feel for where I'm at at least at the moment. Uh, Prop 29, the, in new rules regarding dialysis clinics. I'm not convinced that we need to go through this again. There, there have been many runs at this, and I understand it's a little differently nuanced uh, at this point. Uh, I, I, I feel it's, it's union-driven and not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I'm suspicious that the patient's interests maybe are not what's really at stake here. Uh, supporters include the uh, Service Employees International Union, United Healthcare Workers West, as well as the California Democratic Party. And uh, opposing, it uh, includes DaVita Incorporated, Fresenius Medical Care and the American Academy of Nephrology uh, PAs. All right, Prop 30, tax millionaires, uh, to tax millionaires for electric vehicle programs. No, I am against, I'm against demonizing people who are successful and taxing them more for special projects. I just don't believe in it. 
California Local 2881 is in favor of it. California State Association of Electrical Workers. Uh, Unite Here, California Democratic Party, Lyft, State Building Construction and Trades Council, and California Environmental Voters are all for it. Now, ironically, this is interesting. The no's, the people who are against it, include Governor Gavin Newsom. How about that? The California Republican Party, the California Teachers Association, California Chamber of Commerce, the California Small Business Association, and the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. Politics makes interesting bedfellows at times, does it not? And then, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not in favor of Prop 30, and I... We'll explore that in detail as uh, as the days progress. And then finally, Prop 31 would uphold the ban on flavored tobacco products. Now, you may be surprised at my opinion on this. You may be surprised. I'm all about freedom. I am all about capitalism. I don't feel that the government should be regulating things like flavored tobacco. I think parents need to be regulating things like flavored tobacco. Well, it attracts minors to smoke. Hmm. Well, gee, we're saying marijuana's okay. Why not flavored tobacco? Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sounding slightly sarcastic there, but it, it's a it's a rational and a reasonable question. So I'm voting against. You may be surprised by that. I, I'm not in favor of banning cigarettes. I'm not in favor of cigarettes. I th- I think they're. Di- I hate the smell. I don't like to be around them. But I believe in freedoms, and I believe. People want to smoke and they want to get lung cancer. That's their choice. All right. So uh, the supporters for Prop 31. uh, Let's see. American Lung Association, American Heart Association, SEIU Union again. Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. uh, The California State PTA, California Democratic Party. Those opposing it include... R.J. Reynolds Tobacco, that's not surprising. The American Snuff Company, that's not surprising. Hmm, The president of the California Hispanic Chambers of Commerce, the California Republican Party against it, also opposing it. The president of the California Taxpayer Protection Committee, the president of CalAsian Chamber of Commerce, and the CEO of the Central Valley Business Federation. So there we go. That's uh, that's my quick assessment. So you're saying, Mike, are you voting? <laughs> are you voting yes for any of the propositions? No. And that's not in saying yes means no and no means yes. I'm not voting to approve any of them. I I can't get passionate about any of them. And uh, you're welcome to disagree. You're welcome to ex- explain why you would like to vote for some of those. I'm always open to hearing uh, your your thoughts on that. 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
with the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Been talking about the propositions on the ballot coming up in the not-too-distant future on November 8. Uh, basically went over them. I'm not voting uh, to approve any of them. Uh you agree with me on that, or, or do you uh, do you have some that you're passionate about? Our phone number, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Uh, talking about issues like tobacco and gambling, that sort of thing, I'm sure you heard the news that President Biden is issuing pardons for all federal offenses uh, of simple marijuana possession. Uh, Apparently, he's also calling upon governors to pardon the simple state possession offenses. So there could be, according to Axios, thousands of pardons. And the rationale is, well, it it may prevent some people from uh, not receiving employment, housing, or educational opportunities uh, because they've been, been... incarcerated for those uh, marijuana charges. What, one of the factors that, that we have to think about in all of this is that people are rarely convicted. Well, people are often not convicted of what they were originally arrested for. Now, why is that, Mike? Well, because you have plea bargaining, And uh, we may find out that uh, the evidence just was uh, not there to support uh, the high level of of charge that was originally made. And so we have to remember that what people are serving time for is not necessarily what they really did. However, it is the rule of law, and we have to uh, we have to live with it. So, what do you think about that? Is that a you think that's a good idea? For President Biden to issue those uh, pardons for federal offenses for what they call "quote unquote" simple marijuana possessions, two zero nine five five one three four eight three, our uh, our number here. By the way, program note coming up at five o'clock today, right after the Mike Douglas show. It is the Indianapolis Colts at the Denver Broncos. That's here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, the Colts versus the Broncos will also be on Fox Sports AM 1280. So uh, NFL alive and well here on uh, KFIV and also Fox Sports AM 1280. Again, the NFL game coming up right after we sign off here at 5 o'clock on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, another, and, and I always uh, encourage all of you to look at multiple sources and to critically read what's being said by the media. Let me give you, I think I can fit this in. Let me give you a quick study here. There is a, a news story, this is from Axios, that at least 37 people, they say, including at least 22 children, quote, were killed in a mass shooting at a child care center in northeast Thailand, police said Thursday. Authorities identified the gunman as a former police officer, and uh, after that he killed his wife and child and shot himself, according to Reuters. 
He had been in court earlier uh, Thursday in, in a case related to drug charges. Now, Axios quotes, police say witnesses also saw the gunman wielding a knife. And remember, the headline is 37 killed in a mass shooting. All right. But then here it says most of the children who were killed were stabbed to death, police said. Now, wait a minute. See that the headline is a, a little nuanced, don't you think? 37 killed in a mass shooting in Thailand. Well, wait a minute. Most of the children who were killed were stabbed to death. Is there any mention of mass stabbing in this headline? No. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that they don't mention stabbing, a mass stabbing? What When, when we talk about something that's a mass murder, it usually means four or more. Most of the children who were, 30 children were at the center apparently when the attacker arrived, 37 people, including 22 children. At least 22 children were killed. That's a mass, and most of them were stabbed to death, police said. Then why is the headline, at least 37 killed in a mass shooting? Because altering the headline to reflect the reality of the story doesn't fit the narrative. It always has to be gun violence. Not going to talk about knife violence. All right, NFL coming up next. I will look forward to joining you for What's On Your Mind Friday tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m., right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a great night.